are you enjoying the start of your Christmas season? Yes. Good. <laughs> What's your favourite Christmas song? That is a difficult question. That's what this podcast is all about. Asking the difficult questions. I mean, there are plenty of of different answers I could give. I think that... Really stalling like a well-media-trained pl- person here, like a politician. I think as a the ABC tactic, acknowledge, bridge, and then... I can't remember what the C is. Um, Acknowledge, bridge, wait for Ali to interrupt, and then you get even more time to think about your answer. Uh, that would be a, a weird acronym. Um, <laughs> E17, Stay Another Day, is factually a Christmas song, but it never mentions Christmas. The yeah. reason why it's a Christmas song is because it was released at Christmas because it was, I think, a Christmas number one and because it has lots of bells in it. So it is a Christmas song, but, it, you know, the content itself isn't christmas related so it's a bit of a it's a bit like it's kind of like the die hard argument right is die hard a christmas film well it was set at christmas so kind of but at the same time is it a christmas song what is the definition of a christmas song otherwise i mean i, I kind of like them all i guess um oh, i wouldn't say them. there are any you know you, you gotta love a bit of shaking stevens gotta love a bit of a bit of slade mm. gotta love all the lads really even you know don't turn off Cliff when he's on. Give him his give him his uh, his go. So, I mean, I love Christmas. I must say this Christmas, for some reason, hasn't felt all that Christmassy. Maybe it's because we are all quite tired and going through the 12th wave in a global pandemic. Mm. Um, but I'm looking forward, to, after speaking to you, to closing the laptop, getting the eggnog out and um, tying some tinsel around my head and sitting on the sofa because that's what Christmas is all about. My favourite Christmas song, and thank you for asking, is uh, Walking in the Air by the Maccabees, uh, which you can listen to on YouTube. It's the best Christmas song that exists. So Outside of that, I like Step Into Christmas, particularly the John Coleman Accrington Stanley Manager remix yeah, version that he sang last year. Is that a Christmas song? What, Walking, Walking in, the in the Air? Of course it is, mate. Yeah. Let's not get Again, into this. Christmas Association, sure. Specific words? You know, it's not it's not stepping into Christmas, is it? No, it's walking in the brackets Christmas close brackets air. Mm. <laughs> Mate, listen to Orlando Weeks sing it, and you'll feel pretty damn Christmassy. I, have. I know it. I don't you worry. Hello, how are we doing? Season's greetings. Goodwill to all listeners. Welcome to the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show, the sound of the start of your Boxing Day and 27th, where there's a couple of games as well. This podcast is sponsored by Betfair. This podcast is also very strictly for over 18s only. Gambling comes with risks. To learn the risks that come with gambling or to brush up on them, please head to BeGambleAware.org. George Ellick is with me, Ali Maxwell. Look, we are looking for some Christmas cheer after another difficult week of betting show results, George. Yeah, probably the best thing I could do at the moment in terms of my betting strategy would be to try and pick the games I think are going to be postponed because then I'll get all my points back because I'm in, in the midst of a quite horrendous run which I can only apologise to those following four. Um, you know, got to keep doing what we do. Whip out all the manager cliches. Got a great set of lads uh, working behind the scenes on this stuff. They're, they're honest pros. Uh, they're putting in everything they've got. 
um, the results will turn. Uh, I got my nap up. That was Salford to beat Stevenage, uh, but Fleetwood did not beat Morecambe. Blackburn, I laid and they won 4-0 and I did not get my over 2.5 treble up and our Jack Rodoni joint goalscorer pick uh, was postponed almost immediately after we discussed it. Uh, we are tearing up the rule book, George, because if you can't do that at Christmas on the betting show, when can you? How are we approaching the tiny, tiny Boxing Day docket? We've, we've changed tack just for one week only. Um, one week only, we're doing a Christmas special and that means we are... And, and kind of also because we don't know what games are going to happen. It feels like this is a good time to maybe um, mix it up a bit. We are each picking five goal scorers. Mm. I think you'll probably be able to tell in our previews, you know, who we think is going to do well in these certain games, probably, which might help your um, your own betting, I guess. But we are picking five players that we think are going to score. Half a point first goal scorer, half a point last goal scorer, one point um, anytime goal scorer. Betfair sportsbook rules here are important to point out because it's not as simple as if they don't start then the bet is void uh, if they if they don't start uh, but come on before a goal is scored then all bets are live so if you know if you if you put someone up they're on the bench they come on with five minutes to go uh, at nil nil and it ends nil nil i'm afraid that is Loser, loser, loser. So the way I'm going at the moment, mate, that's going to be me times five. Lovely. Uh, and then if they come on after a goal is scored, then the any time part of the bet uh, is live. So right. that is the the way that this works. Okay. Um, yes. So 10 wise men is what we're hoping for this Christmas. Not so much gold, frankincense and myrrh, but more like goals, keepers incensed and Yes. <laughs> the noise we're going to be making when these go in. Uh, we've taken a different approach here. I've gone short, you've gone long, uh, also known as I've gone boring and picked likely players to score at shorter prices and you've gone fun, uh, more creative picks at longer prices. Yes. So there's something for everyone here. Let's get into it, George. There's no naps, there's no next best. It's just a selection of people we think are going to net on Boxing Day or the 27th. Who is up first for you? Who shall I do first? Let's start with the most likely of the five, uh, Marcus Tavernier, or Tavernier, depending on how you like to say his name. Um, he's 10 to 1 first goal scorer, 11 to 2 anytime goal scorer, 10 to 1 last goal scorer. And he's a player who, under Chris Wilder, is really unsurprisingly, I think, given the type of player he is, is really enjoying himself. Um, he is a player whose attacking qualities we know a lot about. Um, he has been playing in the last couple of weeks in kind of a, an attacking central midfield role. Um, him and, and Crooks, kind of the the two who are getting forward from from centre midfield, and their you know, Barra's form has been incredibly impressive. Um, Housen playing as, as the deepest midfielder of the three and the five across uh, across midfield, uh, with the, with the wing backs um, in Neil Taylor and Isaiah Jones. Um, I watched Barra's game against Bournemouth. Uh, last Saturday, they were pretty impressive as an attacking unit. I thought they conceded quite a few chances as well, and I and I think Forest will probably have their chances here to score. But I I can't really see why um, Barra won't. I can see why Barra are favourites, and I think they will certainly give um, Forest a decent game um, and are the likely winners here. Uh, I'm surprised when you look at Barra's performances under Wild that they haven't scored more goals. I think they've created plenty enough, but they haven't scored more than two goals in a game yet under him, uh, which I think will be a record that ends fairly soon but crucially um tavernier is 
a better attacking force under Wilder. You know, he had four shots against Bournemouth last weekend. He had one away at Stoke. He is knocking on the door and looks probably alongside Crooks and Watmore as one of, and um, I mean, Spirard doesn't really look like a, too much of a threat from open play, does he? Um, so those three look to me to be the most likely goal scorers. So at 10 to 1, I, I think this is value. It's one of those where he hasn't scored uh, a goal since the 18th of September against Blackpool. He is absolutely due. There's no denying that. Um, I'm pretty sure if you back him at 11 to 2 to score for the next, I don't know, 10 games, um, I think he's going to he's getting in positions just to to make that a profitable. You know, I think he's going to score more than in, in one and five at the moment. So, yeah, Tavernier, um, Tavernier, Tavman. Um, he's my uh, he's my tip here. So good they pronounce him twice. Um, Always. Do you think Spora has been warned about what happens in the January transfer window when Chris Wilder is your manager? That's particularly yeah. if, if you're the currently the cut the starting number nine. Poor bloke. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I've got two in the championship, two in League One and one in League Two. So we'll go in order of division, uh, descending order, starting with Elijah Adebayo, I think might score, will score for Luton against Bristol City this weekend. He's seven to two first and last and seven to five anytime. So 4.5 and 2.4 in the decimal. Now, Luton are really short here. Uh, four to six last time I looked with the Betfair Sportsbook. I think as much as I think Luton should and will win this game and can assert their dominance over Bristol City. And I understand that the reason they're so short realistically is 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 mainly to do with underlying numbers rather than pure results. Uh, it's too short for me to back, even though I do think that, you know, if you took uh, odds out of it, I, I do have them down as something of a home banker this weekend. They're a very strong home team on, on XG ratio. And as mentioned, that's not necessarily backed up with their results this season. They had a good performance at home last time out against Fulham. They've put some good teams away at home this season as well, most notably Middlesbrough uh, and Coventry. Uh, and Bristol City, I think all is not well there, really. Uh, they lost 3-2 at home to Huddersfield. Was it 3-1 or 3-2? Uh, Pearson absolutely fuming at his defenders in that game, most notably Rob Atkinson, the, the left-sided centre-back. He's been subbed off in the last two games uh, and criticised pretty openly by Pearson uh, after the, the last game. I wonder if the recalling of uh, Towler on loan from Grimsby, where he's been playing, uh, might suggest that he might be chucked in at the deep end just to send a message to Atkinson and the other defenders that you know their, their positions in the starting lineup aren't safe. Uh, I, I don't know for sure if Pearson will drop Atkinson, but it might be to make a point, uh, in which case Pring might come in to play left centre-back or Towler. Now, from my perspective, that would be a positive here uh, when I think of Adebayo, because Callas at the heart of the back three is a very solid defender. I suspect that Adebayo will try and avoid Callas where possible and make those trademark peeling runs to the back post, putting pressure on Viner or on Atkinson or whoever replaces him, whether it's Pring uh, or Towler. He's on penalties as well, which is a big bonus for backing him to score. And also a blow for Luton but perhaps good news for this pick is that Harry Cornick is out, I believe, with a calf injury. He certainly missed the last game or two um, from what I've read in the press. He probably won't be thrust straight back in here. And, and outside of Adebayo, Cornick really uh, represents their, their next best goal threat. So I think Adebayo has the goal-scoring burden for a team that are very short to win at home against Bristol City. I think they will win, and therefore I think Adebayo to score uh, first, last, any time, as you discussed, uh, is the way to go here. So 7-5 to any time, 7-2 first and last. Elijah Adebayo, my first wise man. I'm doing one from the same game, and... Um... I have no doubt that Elijah Adebayo 
um, is more likely to score than my pick. I, If I were to have a bet in this game itself, I would be um, looking to get with Luton because I don't think Bristol City are very good. However, because you have to bet value, Ali. You have to bet value. I think that the 35-1 to 1 about Matty James to score first and the 14-1 to 1 about him to score any time is a bit of value and therefore he is one of my five. Uh, he's a player who's who's come back into the sides at Bristol City recently, um, playing a kind of not a particularly attacking midfield role, either a holding role or at best kind of a, a sitting midfield role. Um, but he certainly is a player with a lot of qualities and is a player who doesn't score many, but I think fits into the category of he has an eye for goal, I would say. Um, last season at Coventry for the for half the season, he scored three championship goals in 20-odd games. Um, previously for Leicester, he scored three goals in 24 games in a championship season, uh, two goals in 18 games for Preston. No, he's, he's averaging there at about a goal every, what, six or seven or eight games. Um, and the 14-1 for him to score any time doesn't really reflect that. He scored a goal uh, a couple of, what, the game before last. He got on the score sheet. He's getting... Sorry, my puffy has gone absolutely mad here. She, she's so excited about... Her your, your puppy. I could see... I didn't understand why you were smirking so much. I thought you just hated the Matty James pick. No, Nettle absolutely loves the Matty James pick. I haven't seen her like this for a long time. Good. Clever girl. Go on, mate. Keep going. Sorry. Um, I don't yeah, want to be editing uh, he, this podcast on Christmas Eve, yeah, so no, wh- whatever imagine. we say is going out. Okay. Um, he is, yeah, I mean, I, I think I kind of got to the end of it. Um, it helps, I think, probably that Bristol City are a team without that many goal threats. Uh, Vyman is the is the obvious one. Um, but, there, you know, there isn't a, a, an abundance of, of attacking players enabling James just to concentrate on doing the, the defensive side of things. It's just a value pick. I, I don't think, you know, if I was pricing this up, he would still be a, a pretty big double figure price, but maybe more like 20 to 1 first and, I don't know, Eight to one any time um, would seem fair. So, I mean, that would be means we've got we're getting double the price, which is pretty good. So, hopefully, um, we hit bullseye with this one. But yeah, Matty James, my second pick. Ordinarily, I would say never trust a man with two first names, but I do like the pick, Matty James. There, Callum Robinson's next up for me. This game's on Monday, uh, which is uh, let me work out what date that is. The twenty seventh of December, uh, and it's West Brom against Derby County. Robinson is seven to two first, seven to two last, and six to four any time to score uh, in this game for Baggies and. Well, they're playing against Derby and they are very short to win the game, as you might expect. Uh, there's been uh, no, I mean, it, it's it's no secret that West Brom are somewhat cursed at the moment in front of goal. It's also no secret that you and I tend to lean towards just the number of chances being created as what will um, what will be sustainable, more so than uh, a sort of historically poor uh, streak of finishing. Callum Robinson, to my eyes, watching a lot of the games recently, has looked very lively, very involved. Uh, one of the many West Brom players whose finishing hasn't been great, albeit probably not the the most egregious example of uh, of the of the cold streak. In the last five games, he's had the most shots in the Championship. Robinson. Now, that's hugely boosted by 10 shots in one game against Reading, a game in which he scored. Uh, West Brom won the shot count 25-4 to in that game. And I don't think this game is going to be hugely different in the way it plays out, this game against Derby. I see it being wave after wave of West Brom pressure. I'm not sure Derby, you know, as, as admirable as their performances have been under the circumstances, I personally don't think they, they really 
have any other way of attempting to play this game other than sort of closing their eyes and hoping for the best. Um, the last time these two teams played on match day seven, West Brom had 25 shots, nine on target. It was an absolute battering. And of course, it ended nil-nil. Uh, Fulham played against Derby, 21 shots, five on target. It ended nil-nil. Sheffield United, 18 shots, only two on target. And Sheffield United won one-nil. There's a bit of a weird thing with Derby where... It's almost like they're being rewarded for their hardship by just getting quite lucky in terms of uh, of not of not conceding goals when, to all intents and purposes, they're getting battered. I do expect West Brom to to pour on the pressure in this game. It's just a, a case of of taking chances. I think Robinson's a very good player. I think you know that 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 ten shot game against Reading obviously boosts his numbers, but he's always good for two, three, four shots a game, generally in pretty good areas as well. So. Callum Robinson's my second pick to score against Derby on the 27th for West Brom. 6-4 anytime. Uh, this is a good time to remind you that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. That's applicable to singles and to multiples. So uh, while the games are on, while you've got bets on those games, there'll be no cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. Next up, George. I'm going Lincoln MK Dons. <clears throat> a game where I'll be backing MK Dons if we were doing this normally, I'd probably have MK Dons at 13 to 10 as my nap. Um, I am pretty confused about Lincoln this season. Um, there are clearly, you know, with, with Michael Appleton um, having his diagnosis of testicular cancer in the summer, um, just before the season started, that it's, it's clearly going to be a very difficult time, even though he seems to have made Touchwood a, a remarkable recovery. Um, whatever ha- is happening on the pitch at Lincoln is so at odds with everything that I thought would happen, um, where they just cannot seem to put together any kind of consistent run of form, uh, even just good performances either. I, I would say that the performances where they get, or the games where they get results are the are the outliers really. And they're now suddenly sitting just two points above the relegation zone. And I'm starting to wonder if they could be in trouble because I'm not seeing a great deal in their performances to suggest that they are going to improve anytime soon. MK go there is by far the better side, even if they aren't in the best form. Um, and I fancy them to to get a win. And as such, I had to look through their players to see which one of MK Donza's players could I make the best case for for being value. And I came up with Tenai Watson, who is twenty to one first, twenty to one um, last goal scorer, and any time is nine to one. Now there's a fair chance that Tenai Watson won't play, um, and I think if he doesn't play, the chances are he probably won't come on. So I'm hoping that if he doesn't play, this will be void. If he does play, he'll, he'll keep his place ahead of Peter Chioso, who was out uh, for the last couple of games due to, I think, more COVID restrictions rather than having COVID himself. But I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Chioso himself has four goals this season. Tenai Watson's got one, uh, which he got the game before last. Uh, and he's playing well in in uh, ahead of Chioso and could keep his place on merit, uh, at least in the short term. Um, and I think that playing that position for MK Dons uh, under Liam Manning is one where you're going to get goals. You've got Daniel Harvey on the left-hand side providing some pretty great uh, service, enabling that player to, to get onto the back post, as we've seen Kyoto do a few times. You also have license to come inside, as we see Kyoto often do. Um, and Watson has, has kind of shown himself to have something of an eye, of an eye for goal. Kyoto is 11-1. to Tenai Watson is 20-1. to The only reason for that is that Kyoto has goals next to his his goal tally, whereas Watson hasn't really had the opportunity to do so. So for him being double the price, playing the same position, being fairly similar players, having scored a couple of games ago um, and having gone into positions to score, I think of all the MK Dons players uh, that would be my nap to win, I think Watson is the one who looks to be the best value with Betfair Sportsbook. 
like it. In League One, Freddie Ladapo of Rotherham United to score his first and last price is 100 to 30. His anytime price is 13 to 10. He is skinny on this list. And that's because Rotherham 1.7 to win this game at Accrington. Rotherham are projecting as one of the strongest League One sides that we would have covered uh, over the last five or six years, that's for sure. Um, they, they weren't at their best in beating Cambridge last week. There's an argument to say the last game or two, they probably haven't hit their sort of nine, 10 out of 10 performance levels that we've seen pretty consistently over the last two or three months. Um, but I don't see why they couldn't get back to that. And they're playing against an Accrington side whose results against the current top eight read 4-1, 2-1, 2-1, 4-1, 5-1 and 3-2. Those are all defeats for Accrington and a two-all draw against Pompey. In total, that's 22 conceded in seven games against teams currently in the top eight. That's over three goals a game. So uh, I do think that that's not a great mixture for them uh, today or rather on Boxing Day coming up against a Rotherham side that we know have uh, a style of play that repeatedly creates or repeatedly rather creates a lot of chances. Now, Ladapo, um, he, he's took a while to get going this season in terms of um, of sort of being guaranteed starts alongside Michael Smith. Uh, but now there's no doubt that he is their main goal threat. He's got the highest XG per 90 in the whole of League One, 0.72 XG per 90. The next best in the league is his teammate Smith at 0.55. So it's a fairly significant chunk, uh, chunky gap there between them. I think it's definitely fair to say. I think we've seen enough of Ladapo over the last few years to call him something of a streaky finisher. Uh, but it's hard for me to imagine him not getting some decent bites at a fair few cherries here against this Accrington side, who generally against the top teams uh, tend to be very, very open indeed. So Ladapo at 13 to 10 anytime, 100 to 30 first and last is my third wise man goal scorer of the Christmas docket. George. Yeah, um, similar game, mate. And again, although I'm going for a teammate, uh, I kind of wanted to do McConville. And I think if basically they've been playing anyone else, I'd have done McConville again because I'm still convinced that that is value. But he hasn't, his price hasn't really moved. It's 16 to 1 still. And they're playing against um, the best team in England. So um, I, <laughs> I'm i going to leave that one and go for a player who, um, yeah, doesn't score loads of goals, but plays in a position where he is getting into goal-scoring opportunities, and that's Shane Ferguson. Um, and Shane Ferguson playing on the left-hand side of midfield for Rotherham is 18-1 first and last, and 17-2 any time. Um, he scored one goal this season. He Again, he's a player who generally gets shots away fairly regularly. You know, he, There's no denying that he's not um, one of the key attacking forces uh, for Rotherham. But crucially, you know, he's been on the side a lot this season, but he played 90 minutes against Cambridge and played well. Uh, he scored in the 2-0 win at Ipswich a couple of weeks ago in his penultimate start before that. Um, I just think, given how good they are, um, given how good we know Rotherham are as, a t as an attacking unit, you know, they aren't, even though Ladapo is clearly the, the key, Ladapo and Smith are the two key goal scorers. They're not a team who are overly reliant on their strikers to score goals, as we've seen by Dan Barlas's recent goal-scoring exploits. Even though a couple of them are pens, he still scored a couple of goals from open play as well. Um, and, and I think they should have too much for Accrington here as well. So Ferguson, um, to be that bigger price, given you know he certainly has licence to get forward, his job is um, to be an attacking force for this side, even if maybe more of a creator than a, than a goal scorer. But I still think... Um, the chances are he will get into opportunities that um, that will make that price look big. So 
yeah, going up against you, hopefully we can both score. Um, but I think Shane Ferguson at 18 to 1 first goal scorer. And uh, yeah, what did I say? It was 17 to 2. Uh, yeah, 17 to 2. Anytime an 18 to 1 last is, is a bit of value there for Rotherham fans. Staying in League One, but this game isn't until, I believe, Monday. And it's Doncaster against Sunderland. This one live on the telly on the 27th. Uh, Ross Stewart is my pick. Anytime, 8 to 5. First and last, 7-2. He is the Sunderland striker. Sunderland very, very short to beat Donny here. I think they're uh, 1.6 on the Betfair Sportsbook. Now, Sunderland have had a tough run of games, you have to say, and they've done pretty well in them. In the league recently, they've played Oxford, Ipswich and Argyle. Uh, They've got two draws and a win from those fixtures, which is fairly impressive. They went to Arsenal, of course, in midweek. They got beat fairly heavily, but... Um, I, th- I think they did themselves proud in the way they approached the game. It wasn't too surprised to see them get picked off. A central midfield duo of Dan Neal and Elliot Embleton with Pritchard in front of them, two strikers in front of him, uh, a, a centre midfielder in Winchester playing at right wing back uh, and a winger in Gooch playing at left wing back. It was always likely that they were going to be vulnerable defensively, but um, they did cause Arsenal some issues going forward and I think that was the right way to approach it in the end. And They obviously notched in that game as well. They've scored in, in all of their games recently. They thrashed more the last time they played a team near the bottom and of course that is absolutely where Doncaster are Donny got a big win uh, in their last league game but it was by no means some sort of uh, return to a strong performance under caretaker Gary McSheffrey it was a 1-0 win that they sort of nicked with a set-piece goal so there's nothing really to suggest to me that Gary McSheffrey has turned Doncaster around from being basically the worst team in the league to anything other than still relegation candidates I believe that Doncaster centre-back Tom Anderson is out for this one which is quite a big miss for them uh, and good news for Ross Stewart goals also notably for this is that Nathan Broadhead went off with a hamstring uh, Mm. a hamstring injury (laughs) because of his recent industry uh, in midweek at Arsenal so I assume he won't be risked here even if it's a mild hamstring injury Uh, and he's obviously been getting the goals recently that Stewart was getting in the early part of the season so for me this is Ross Stewart's return to being Sunderland's number one goal scoring option in a game that they're 1.6 to win very very strong favourite so I'm going to be involved with that at 8 to 5 anytime and 7 to 2 first and last Uh, just a reminder that if you want to pair any of these up mix any of these selections up uh, with Betfair if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you receive a £5 free bet. Also to use on multiples or bet builders and T's and C's do apply for that one, which you can find on the Betfair site. Last but very much not least, George. Yeah, the, I mean, maybe the biggest punt of the lot, um, but I think there is some value in um, Jamie Bowden. Uh, Olden. Olden hosting Scunthorpe as it stands. Bowden is a player who is very interesting um, his caliber and his quality. Uh, he's on loan from Spurs. I spoke to a friend of mine who, um, after after Bowden scored an unbelievable goal a few weeks ago, uh, I was on Quest and I asked um, a friend of mine who used to work at the Spurs Academy about Bowden, and he couldn't have been more glowing in his praise of him. He basically said that um, Bowden and, and Ollie Skip came through at Spurs together, and Bowden was probably seen as the better technical player compared to Skip. But it was Skip's physicality and his ability to, you know, the defensive side of things that enabled Skip to progress beyond Bowden. But he was very surprised um, that he's ended up at League Two for his first loan. You know, he thought that he would be playing at a higher level. Now, we haven't seen that as consistently for Oldham, but we know that Oldham has some serious issues. Um, 
But from what I've seen early on in Salim Benashur's um, tenure is that Oldham are going to be quite fun to watch for the neutral, I would say, um, against Tranmere and against Forest Green. I, I think the key thing I'm seeing from Benashur is, is, is a shoot-on-site policy um, where they just seem to take a lot of shots. Uh, that was A lot of them went in against Forest Green. As we know, they scored five goals from an XG of 0.86. Davis Keeler doesn't need to know, um, doesn't need to be told twice to let fly. We're seeing that a lot. But Bowden himself... Uh, in that game um, against uh, Forest Green, had a lot of shots again from distance, sure, um, but I think he had three shots in the match, and we're starting to see maybe the handbrake take, being taken off him a little bit in terms of, of trying to make Oldham into a more attacking side, even though under Keith Curl they were hardly defensive. But um, yeah, so this is you know they're playing against the Scunthorpe side who we know have big issues. Um, they're favourites to win it. Whether or not I agree with that, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I think we can be fairly confident that we're backing a, a 30 to one shot first and a, um, what did I say? His price was 14 to one shot anytime about a player who likes to shoot, will have license to shoot and has some serious quality as well. You know, he's not just a, 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 a league to also run. You know, this is a guy who's come through a premier league Academy. Who's, who's future in EFL football probably sits, you know, if you look at where Oldham and Jamie Bowden are in, in two or three years, I think there'll be a couple of leagues apart. Um, so yeah, that's my final one. Um, you know, no, no pressure to get a 30 to one winner <laughs> up, but, uh, but I think, we, I think I can be pretty confident that again, this is a bit of value. I just like that. I'm just very pleased that me having gone with basically all of the number nines for teams who are quite short to win this weekend, which doesn't make me look particularly creative that you have gone to the very other end of that spectrum and you're showing your wonderful creativity, George, in all its mm-hmm. glory. Uh, my last pick is Jake Beasley of Rochdale to sure. score anytime, 15 to eight, first and last nine to two. Now I like Rochdale at Carlisle anyway. Um, they have been in, well, they haven't been in great form, but they did get a massive win three nil against Newport last week. And it was the culmination of, well, it, it was basically the, the culmination of a run of games in which they have been operating at a very high level going forward, but incredibly unreliable at the back. And as is always going to happen at some point, it all clicked for them. Uh, and for the most part, they kept Newport at bay. Uh, it, as you said on the Monday pod, it, it possibly wasn't a 3-0 game. Newport didn't exactly play poorly, but that's how it ended up. And I think they can carry this confidence to Carlisle. Rochdale now, if you look at the Opta analyst numbers, are the second best attacking team in League 2 in open play. Uh, and the best in the whole of League 2 if you add set pieces into the mix. So the fact that they're in the bottom half is nothing to do with what they're doing in possession, what they're doing in the opposition third it is all to do with a lack of spine really at the back and hopefully that can be sorted out by Robbie Stockdale over the next few weeks and months and if it is then I think we're looking at quite an exciting League 2 team here but the man that I'm talking about Jake Beasley or Jake XGsley as we dubbed him on the Monday pod it doesn't need too much of an explanation Uh, he has scored a brace in his last two league games against Newport and against Bristol Rovers um, we talked about how lively he looked. He, I think you called him basically everything you want in a target man in that he's he, he can do the ugly work, that's for sure, the donkey work, if you will. But he's showed a turn of speed in the last game. He's been finishing a bit better recently after missing some, some pretty high-quality chances early in the season. He's on pens as well. He's third in League 2 for XG per 90 and trending upwards. Uh, I looked on Scout. His last six games, which includes one in the FA Cup against Argyle, were 
he racked up 2.15 expected goals against Stevenage, 1.18 against Exeter, 0.89 against Argyle, 0 against Hartlepool where he didn't have a shot, and then 1.6 against Bristol Rovers and 0.89 against Newport. Like that's a that's that's xG numbers over six games that would be more than some teams have mustered in League Two over that period of time. So we like Jake xGsley at the moment. He's in good form, full of confidence after two braces in a row on pens as well. He endeth my uh, five wise goal scorers of the EFL docket this weekend. George, why don't you recap your five? I'll recap my five, and then there'll be plenty of food for thought for those listening. <laughs> um, we've got Marcus Tavernier. What do you say? I'm, I, I say something different every time. It depends okay. how fruity I'm feeling that day. I might say Tavernier if I'm feeling really, really fruity. And otherwise, I'll just say Tavernier. The Tav man, anyway. Tav. Because he likes the things you do that makes the world go round. Um, so yeah, Tavernier, um, 10 to 1 and 11 to 2. Uh, then Matty James, 35 to 1, 14 to 1. Um, Tenai Watson, 20 to 1 and 9 to 1. Shane Ferguson, 18 to 1 and 17 to 2. And Jamie Bowden, 30 to 1, 14 to 1. If those five come in, this could be the last podcast we ever do. <laughs> Um, I've picked Elijah Adebayo seven to two and seven to five. Callum Robinson also seven to two first and last six to four any time for West Brom against Derby on the twenty seventh. Freddie Ladapo for Rotherham one hundred to thirty and thirteen to ten any time. Uh, Ross Stewart of Sunderland this one also on Monday seven to two first and last eight to five any time. And Jake X Jeesley Beasley of Rochdale uh, nine to two first and last fifteen to eight any time there are your 10 christmas gifts from george and i a massive thank you to betfair for supporting this podcast both the betting show and the monday pod we'll be back on one of the days that will happen in the next few days to break down 2021 to break down what happens on boxing day i'll be on quest all being well uh, on Boxing Day and George will be on Five Live so we've got you covered if you need a break from the family uh, a good time to take those breaks would be circa 12.45 and put the radio on circa 5.30 George for Sports Report yes around then I'd have thought depending on how many I mean if there are only one or two EFL games I have a feeling my um, my airtime well either either my airtime will be cut because there's nothing to talk about or there will be nothing to talk about so I'll be like Let's get George on and just see if we can get him to talk for ages. Well, if Chappers or Steve Crossman, whoever's hosting, asks you what your favourite Christmas song is, make sure you've got a snappier answer than the one you had earlier, mate, please. Um, I know, I'll, I'll start the E17 discourse on national radio, thanks. Hey, um, I always say goodbye, but I think it'd be nice if you said goodbye and maybe sent a, a Christmas message to our beloved listeners. Hi, guys. George here from Not Top 20 Podcast. Just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And I wish you a happy new year next week when we're back on the podcast. Stay close to your friends and family. Have a lovely time and please gamble responsibly.